Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the return episode of Hoops Caviar. I would say it's the first episode, but technically it isn't because I made this podcast a year ago. Sheehan's dancing. <laughs> He's just so happy right now. So yes, happy. bro. I'm happy for this shit. Bro, Let's go, so baby. this is something I started up a year ago. Didn't really keep up with it because of school and all that, but this was an NBA podcast I wanted to get back going. Uh, me and Sheehan. Uh, first of all, my name is Dante Toro. You can find me on Twitter at Dante on deck. Uh, we come from the Chasing Banners podcast. Uh, me and Ryan do that. And then, you know, I was thinking about bringing this back in. And I was like, who who better to have than Ryan Sheehan as my co-host? So, uh, Ryan, <laughs> just jump right in, man. How's it going? I'm doing good, bro. I'm so happy to be on this show with you. We've been grinding, going smooth so far with Chasing Banners. Absolutely. So. I love this. We got all NBA talk now, so we're covering everything. Yeah, so Chasing Banners is just going to be exclusively, like, I mean, for the first few episodes, we were talking about, you know, stuff that was going on in the NBA and all, you know, new stuff that was coming out with the return of the season. But Chasing Banners is now going to be strictly a Celtics podcast where we will be talking about, you know, all things Celtics. And uh, this Hoops Caviar, this podcast, we will be talking about all things NBA as a whole, all different teams, all different news in basketball. So that's where we're going to differentiate things. And, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to get this second podcast going. Yeah, I'm hyped, man. I'm hyped to get it going. So I feel like the best thing to first talk about is all these new uh, protocols, these new rules and everything uh, that is coming out with this whole NBA bubble in Orlando. And I have a bunch of tweets pulled up from uh, – Shams on Twitter, uh, NBA analyst for Yahoo Sports or The Athletic, excuse me. And I'm just going to, you know, kind of run through everything, just all the big points here. Um, so basically all NBA players have been notified. Uh, if you choose not to play in, the, in this new season, you have to notify a team by the 24th and there is no punishment. You will not be disciplined. It's just your compensation would be, would be reduced by – one out of ninety-two point six. If you're a math whiz, you can do that math. I'm not really uh, <laughs> I'm not really going to get into numbers here. Uh, also, people uh, players that can choose to not participate and won't have the salary reduced are going to be listed in the categories such as protected players and excused players. And those players are believed to be at higher risk for severe illness from COVID-19, and they have June 25th uh, to decide whether or not they will be playing or not. Uh, also, NBA players have been informed that anyone who leaves the Orlando campus without prior approval, they will be self-quarantined uh, between 10 to 14 days. They will face a reduction in compensation for the games that they missed, and they will have enhanced testing. Uh, what else do we have here? They also put out where teams will be staying in hotels. Uh, there's three different hotels in Orlando that they'll be staying at, and it's kind of based off the seating. So one hotel teams between the bucks and the heat anywhere in between there the second hotel between the thunder and the magic all teams in between there and then the last hotel will be teams that are basically on the bubble teams that are going to be um competing for that eighth seed spot nba teams have been informed uh they will have 35 people traveling with them including an athletic trainer a strength and conditioning coach an equipment manager and a team security official, and then each team can include a private personal trainer, a massage therapist, as well as uh, more security. 
and this this is going to be interesting this is the funny part i'm gonna i'm gonna list off these things i'm gonna throw something else in there so in the nba's orlando campus in their hotels players will have a player only lounge where they can play nba 2k uh, they'll have TVs, other video games as well. They will have trails, barbers. They can get manicures, pedicures. They will have a 24-hour VIP concierge. Uh, I'm sure James Harden will go crazy there. Uh, they will have daily entertainment, like movie screenings, DJ sets, video games, ping pong, uh, pool and lawn games. And players can attend other games. And I think that's actually really cool considering there'll be no fans. So why not have other players go to um, these other games? I think that'll be pretty cool. So one thing I wanted to point out is ping pong. They have ping pong, but uh, doubles ping pong is not allowed because unless directed otherwise by the NBA players, they're really going to maintain the whole six feet of distance from each other. They're actually going to give players um, – if it's optional, but players can wear these rings that basically uh, it'll help them get a understanding of whether or not they're coming down with symptoms. And they also get this alert where if they're within five or uh, six feet of someone that's also wearing it and the alarm will go off after five seconds. Uh, but no what, doubles. Like a pick- car alarm? Yeah, I guess. I don't, know, I don't know what, it would, I don't know, like it would freak me out if it started going off or something, but I'm sure, you know, if players have that, that might be going off a good amount because six feet is going to be a tough to keep, you know, for that entire, uh, the entire time they're there. Um, no headsets are allowed during video games. Uh, so you can't do that. Sorry, Gordon Hayward. Uh, card playing is allowed, but each deck of cards must be thrown away after each use. Uh, no sharing of goggles or snorkels in the swimming pools. And yeah, and the players and staff must maintain six feet away from each other. Well, I mean, I, I, I understand they're going to maintain their practicing social distancing, but I'm curious how that will, that will work. And then a few other things, um, you know, all players, team staff and guests must, re- must, will be required, excuse me, to certify in writing that they will adhere to these rules. And if they fail to comply with them, they could be issued a warning. They could be fined, suspended and or removed from campus and if a player tests positive they will enter immediate isolation they will retest to confirm that they are positive and they will exit the isolation after consecutive negative tests and then they can return to activities okay breathe that was a lot that was a lot that was a lot to take (laughs) in that was a lot for me to say but that is basically the big rules that's going to be the protocols of what's going to happen and Sheehan, before I ask you your thoughts and everything, anything else you want to add in, I also want to point out, because we're going to jump into this as well, the NBA will create an anonymous hotline to report potential violations of protocols in Orlando, basically saying that NBA players can just snitch on each other if they see other people out, you know, if they're out not wearing masks, if they're out when they're not supposed to, if they're just doing anything they're not supposed to. So. Who's the first one out? Who's the first one you think gets called out for it? Honestly, you think about players that just want to go out and party. I feel like James Harden would be someone that would get called out for it, kind of. Like, if he's just, like, kind of wants to do his own thing. But I'm kind of thinking of, like, who would snitch? I mean, D'Angelo Russell has his history with Nick Young, you know, with the whole uh, girlfriend. Uh, what was it? Iggy Azalea with Nick Young. He snitched yeah. on him or, or showed a video or something that he wasn't supposed to. Uh, Chris Paul. 
is notorious for snitching as well. He snitched on Jordan Bell for having an untucked jersey while they were shooting free throws, which ultimately led to the Thunder getting another chance to tie the game up, which they did. And then they won in overtime. So they basically stole a game because of that. Um, and then I've also seen memes, which are hilarious. It was like uh, LeBron James was on the phone. It was like, yes, no, I'm sure it was Kawhi and Giannis that were out. No, I'm sure it was them. And it was Danny Ainge on the phone. He was like, yes, I'm sure it was Chris Middleton. I'm sure it was him. And it's just like people are having a field day with that. So I think that's hilarious. Uh, we can jump into that. But Sheehan, uh, what are your thoughts on these rules, these protocols, and these, these violations if players break these rules? What, what's your thought on all of this? Well, first of all, how many players do you think are going to want to reject that? I mean – it's not really that hard to maintain six feet of distance. Like at all times, man, just chill out, just go away from each other. Just don't get mad about it. I mean, I think the thing with the rings is pretty cool. So in case you do get too close, but my question is to you, Dante, just why would it matter? So during the game, they're going to be touching each other, bumping each other, all that stuff. So why does it matter if they're going to be six feet apart? You think some players are going to bring that topic up and be like, what is the point to all of this? You know? I, so I, Yeah, no, I 100% agree, man. Because like you said, I mean, they're going to be close enough anyways. They're all going to be in the bubble. So it's kind of like they're all kind of meant not to get sick in the first place. So it's like if they're all going to stay healthy, like what's the point of maintaining the social distance? I believe that's more for, you know, them showing that they are going to practice the social distancing set a good example for people like, oh, people might be watching the NBA and hear like they're not social distancing and think like, oh, social distancing, oh, bad look. You, don't, yeah. you don't have to do that, right? So I feel like that's more of what it is. I'm sure, like I said, those rings are going to be optional. I'm sure there are going to be players throughout. They're going to be there for 95 days. You're telling me that they're going to maintain a six-feet distance the entire time? No, that's not going to happen. Well, it might get to a point where they say, all right, we don't need to maintain the six-feet distance anymore we see that no one is getting sick at all. Mm -hmm. That's so it. what is the point of this happening? So if they go like a month and a half in, whatever it is, it, if it's like towards the end of, or middle of September, let's say, and nothing has really happened, nothing's spiking, everything's kind of going down, especially there, nothing's happened. Do you think they change that? Yeah, possible, I feel right? like, yeah, I feel like it would be more, I feel like these rules and these guidelines are going to be very, um, they're going to be put in place at first. They're going to be very strict on things, at least within the first few weeks. But also, you have to think, you have to remember this too. As time goes on, they have this whole schedule planned out. Once teams get eliminated, you know, teams lose games and stuff, especially teams that are fighting for that eighth seed. Teams are going to start dropping. Players are going to start dropping. Like all these, those 35 people that come with each team, that number is just going to keep going down and down and down. So there's going to be less risk of players getting sick so i feel like it's going to be enforced at first especially the social distancing but as that number goes down it won't be as uh strict as it once was yeah okay if that makes sense i, I mean yeah. i feel like like i said like sure it's not the hardest thing in the world to social distance but at the same time it's like you're gonna be playing with each other you're gonna exactly. be around each other constantly like you know I don't know. I feel like it, it won't be as enforced as maybe the other rules will be. And Dante, since we're getting into players that might not want to agree with the terms, a player that we could bring up if uh -huh. you would like to introduce him. Uh, I, I think we're talking about Kyrie Irving here. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
I mean, the, the, this guy's name just cannot stay out. Mr. Of, Flat Earth. Bro, like the headlines, the, the media is just all over him. He – so, you know what? You started off, Sheehan. You, 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 you start talking about Kyrie because I, I've read so much about him. I, I, want you to, I want you to get into this. Kyrie's been watching a lot of movies about inspiration <laughs> or something about creating a team. It just – all right, so Kyrie Irving – thinks that the players should not go back and the NBA should not return considering everything that is going on with the Black Lives Matter, uh, Black Lives Matters movement. And I understand where he's coming from. And a lot of other people do. I think a lot of people agree with him. Like, yeah, we understand this is a big movement. We got to keep it going. But that doesn't mean that you also can't play basketball. Like, you have to go do your job. I think Stephen A. Smith said it best. Like, it's your job. Like, you can't avoid that. Like, I understand all this is going on and, like, keep fighting on and all that stuff. But you have to do this. And there's a lot of other players that are criticizing him, actually. For example, like, Kendrick Perkins, who just speaks his mind. Kendrick Perkins hates Kyrie. Yeah, he said – yeah, he actually said – I saw in a quote, if you take Kyrie Irving's brain and put it in a bird right now, it's going to fly backwards. <laughs> so Kendrick Perkins, that's how he feels about it. That is such a And bro, he, like, he believes oh. calling Kyrie Irving a bird brain would be giving him too much credit. There actually was a tweet that he put out that he actually deleted. And it was just like, I, you, think I'm, you think I'm going hard on him now? You don't believe the stuff that I, I have on him from other previous conversations and group chats. And he actually deleted that tweet. Uh, I don't know if it was because he didn't want to get into that or he didn't want people to think he's actually a douchebag. Um, but, yeah, this guy really does not agree with Kyrie. I mean, a lot of people agree with him, and I understand – and we've talked about this before on Chasing Banners. We agree with what Kyrie's trying to do. It's just right. the fact that there's just too much at risk by just completely throwing away a season for this. And it's also Look at, look like, at that MLB, for example. They could get set back for multiple seasons, and you can't allow like you can't allow it to happen. Exactly. If you want basketball next year, this could possibly turn into the same thing. It's risky. You can't you can't allow it to happen. The NBA could go into a potential lockout. They'd lose all the money that they'd make from playoff revenue, which was estimated to be around nine hundred million dollars the last time I checked. And basically, it just gives the NBA all the leverage to scrap the CBA and make a new one and players get no leverage in that because basically the NBA is like, what money can we give you if we just cancel these games, we cancel the season. So players don't agree with Kyrie on that aspect because, you know, Kyrie is guaranteed 130 something million dollars, 140 something million dollars from the Nets. Not every player makes that much money. Kyrie has the shoe sponsorships. He has the Nike sponsorships. He has all these different sponsorships that other players don't have. So Kyrie has a lot less to lose than these other players. And like we mentioned before on Chasing Banners, there is no way Adam Silver won't allow the NBA players to voice, to make their own movement, to protest in their own way while the season's going on. There is nothing about this. Like, just because you can't go out and protest, you can't leave that bubble, doesn't mean you still can't make your voice heard and, you know, do what you want as far as to keep this Black Lives Matter movement going. That and absolutely it's, and it's, hell, it's, it's, it's honestly an escape for the younger kids, too. Mm-hmm. I, I forget who actually mentioned that. I think it was Austin Rivers. It was that Austin Rivers. That. Yeah. yeah, he mentioned that. And, man, like, they need something, like, right now. Like, they can learn and understand about everything going on, but they need 
these like NBA players, like all those kids Absolutely. that are diehard basketball fans, they need this because you got to get away from this. You can't have kids getting anxiety and all that stuff about everything going on. It, Absolutely. There's people that are relying on you, like your role models. You have to lead and you have to show like even when it's getting to the worst times and you're in a big fight right now, you have to keep going. You do. So mm -hmm. I like, I understand where Kyrie's coming from, but he does have to keep going. And, but player, and, oh, you can go. No, go uh, Stephen A. Smith, he was on when he talked about this. He was just like, you know, like he didn't agree with Kyrie because it's like basically you saying that you saying that you're not going to return to work. He goes, this right. stuff that's going on, this stuff has been going on for years. This stuff isn't, hasn't been going on, you know, just the past month racism oppression towards black people this has been going on for hundreds of years and that doesn't mean for hundreds of years people just stopped going to work Correct. you know what i mean so mm -hmm. Stephen a smith says and, and not for nothing Kyrie isn't playing he's out with an injury so it's like um he's, he says something smells a little fishy but yeah it's Kyrie, just like Kyrie. You, i don't know man like so, why, why is it like that every time Something with your team is going on. You just have to act weird, man. It's just, I don't you know. know. <laughs> it's like, of course, like, Kyrie on. was the one that did all this. And like I said, like, I'm not completely going against Kyrie because the entire point of it was he wanted to give players a voice that didn't really yeah. get to share their opinions. And I respect the absolute hell out of that. People like Avery Bradley, Dwight Howard, um, Donovan Mitchell, they said that he raised concerns about the whole racial part of it, but it was actually about, you know, getting injured. Um, so, I mean, players voice their concerns in different aspects. But going back to Kyrie, so... Avery Bradley agrees with him. He does, yeah. And, and, and John Wall and many... There's a there's list many, of players that do. There's many people that will agree with him. I think where he's coming from, he's coming from a good place. It's just the entire situation is it's not the right way to do it. You can still do what right. you want with the with the nba platform and like i said adam silver would a million a million trillion percent allow them to do that um but going back to Kyrie, uh what came out the news that came out said that he proposed that you know screw orlando screw going back let's start our own league so that report came out that blew up and then all of a sudden a report came out saying that Kyrie never stated that the nets should start their own league and he left the nets group chat because of the leaked report, and he felt betrayed, and he was just uh, – let me find out. He felt attacked and scapegoated. And he also uh -oh. felt like this because uh -oh. in the conference call that he had with these players, he believes that there was also media outlets in that call. So they were kind of taking what was being said and kind of, you know, maybe – changing the words up a little bit putting like i said don they said uh bleach report said don mitchell said this and that but he actually didn't so they're kind of saying things that didn't actually happen so of course that's when the media gets involved and that's when the, you know we all know media social media it just kind of it, it just kind of gets people thinking a whole nother way than what it is so a I, I very interesting data it's very you left the nets group chat left the nets group chat it seems like there's an issue in brooklyn there Listen, guys, <laughs> Kyrie was in Boston for two years, and as much as I defended this guy, and I, I'm one of them, I defended Dude, him until the I day am, that he left. Because I, I did too. as a player, Kyrie Irving, in my opinion, is phenomenal. One of the most skilled point guards that the NBA has ever seen. He has probably the best handles yep. the NBA has ever seen. He is one of the best finishers for a guard underneath the rim for mm -hmm. his height. He is just an immaculate player. I've always said he's a top three point guard. He was hurt a lot this season. So that 
list probably got changed up a little bit, but he's always been a top tier point guard. So I've always defended him. I've always won him on my team. But when he went to Brooklyn, everyone was like, oh, it can't be that bad. He's not that bad, bro. When you sign Kyrie Irving, you're bringing the entire circus with you, bro. Listen, that entire last year in Boston, it was just report after report. It was just all these things coming out about Kyrie. And it's just, you know, it's tough that this has to be him because he has the history of all, like, all these things behind him, of him being an issue, a locker room issue, just not being a good person to be around, having mood swings. Like, man, it's tough that he's the one that's taken all this, but, like, at the same time, he, he does it to himself. Like, he really, like, he puts – he sets himself up in these situations. I agree with everything you said. Like, I defended him until he left, all that stuff. Even after he left, I was like, nah – you got to give him a little credit. Stuff went wrong this year. Like, it, wasn't it wasn't just him. It, it wasn't, wasn't just him. him. But yeah. then then you see it from the outside looking in, yeah. and you really see what people saw last year. Yeah. Like you truly do now. And now I truly understand, and now I, I don't care anymore. Like it, it only I took still one think, year. I still think he is one of the best ball handlers of all time. Could be. He probably could be mm-hmm. the best ball handler of all time. But – you notice everything that he brings and like, it's really like becoming obvious. Yeah. Like I said, we saw it from Boston. We saw it from a Celtics fan perspective and now we're seeing it from a, an outsider perspective. And it's like, damn, like we tried putting up with it, but now it's just, now we're seeing it all. And it's like, damn, this guy is really is like, he make, he tries to make good points. He does this and that, but he really just comes off in such a negative light. And like I said, he does it to himself, but that's uh do you have any other closing comments about Kyrie? I, I really don't have much else to say about him to be honest. No, nah, it's pretty much a given at that point. Yeah. So I talked <laughs> I brought up I brought up earlier about how um NBA teams will be staying at hotels. Uh players will have teams will be staying in their own individual not individual, it's like probably like eight teams per hotel, I think. Seven or eight teams. My question to you is, I mean, do you think there's going to be tampering going on. You know, players are going to be able to go to each pranks. other's games. Pr- I see. I see pranks coming. Pranks up. will happen. <laughs> I saw the video washed up on Twitter today of Dwight Howard ding dong uh, uh, doing the um, uh, why, why can't I think of the word where he uh, knocks on someone's door and then runs away. Uh, yeah, ding uh, dong ditch, I guess, but not yeah, even, something not, like not that. Not ring the doorbell. I, I can't think of the word right now. But uh, so for example, um the Celtics are going to be in the same hotel as Utah jazz. And it's always been a, a meme for Boston uh, for Celtics Twitter from the all-star break. Jason Tatum is really close to Donovan Mitchell. Kemba Walker got pretty close to Donovan Mitchell during the all-star break. And there are pictures of them together, smiling this and that. So like people are thinking like, Hey, maybe they, maybe they sweet talk Donovan Mitchell. Like, listen, I don't know what it would take. Give to him Gordon Mitchell Hayward. I, yeah. I mean, who knows? Nah, like, we'll take Donovan like, Mitchell, put Jalen at the three. Just do a swap. At the hey, four. just take, just take Gordon Hayward back. That's, that's a, uh, that's a good, that's a Kemba swap, Mitchell, right? Jalen Brown. People are saying, and, uh, Daniel Bam, Tice. <laughs> Bam at Uh, he also was someone I, I saw, I didn't actually go through the article, but it was like, who should the Celtics uh, tamper with? Who should they try to get on their team? Like Giannis, Bam Adebayo, uh, the Jazz, Donovan Mitchell. Even hey, listen, the Raptors are a team that are going to be in uh, that might look to get Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Heat as well. Those are two teams that have been talked about getting Giannis. So hey, listen, there might be some tampering going on when we're in Orlando. So very uh, possible. And they're going to be at games. I think it's actually going to be pretty lit. 
that NBA players are going to go to games together. Just imagine like the loudmouth players, like just like screaming during the games, like Joel Embiid on the sidelines, just screaming at people. Like that's going to be so funny. There's going to be a lot of shit talking. There is going to be, and I love that. I, I I love that because I also think, and I voiced my uh, I voiced my opinions on this. They were talking about, hey, they might do 2K sound noise uh, instead of, you know, since there won't be any fans, they'll just have 2K noise there. And I thought that was just the stupidest thing in the world because I just think that's just having fake noise is stupid. So I think having players there and having them be that kind of audience, being the crowd noise kind of misplaces that. So I'm pretty happy that uh, that whole 2K thing is probably not going to happen at this point. At least, At least I hope not. I don't know what your opinions on that would be, but I thought that was just a stupid proposition if that ever happened. I think it wouldn't have been worth it. Yeah, it's just like once you like hear it and everything like that and you see that the arena is empty, you're just thinking to yourself, you're like, all right, this is kind of weird. Like I'd rather just listen to them and what they're saying on the court. No, exactly. I feel like you. it would be more entertaining to actually just listen to what they're saying on the court than uh, – trash talking them just talking to their teammates listen and i was on another podcast it was called banner town and we were talking about this like sure nba players would probably come out and they would swear and they drop a few f-bombs they'd probably say a few other words that you wouldn't usually hear on tv but hey that makes for better television at this point in age if if you're hey listen if your kid is watching the nba and he hasn't heard an f-bomb yet like bro like he's going to eventually like it's not going to be the most outrageous thing in the world. I remember there was one Celtics fan. I bring this up as the example. Um, it was when KG was still in Boston, and he was getting a rebound and he was blocking shots and everything. And he was he was talking up. He was saying some things underneath the basket as typical KG is. And uh, Mike Corbin was like, he goes, "Oh, KG is talking up a storm down there," because basically the audio just picked up on everything. And it's like I just think that would be so hilarious just hearing players do that. No, I think it would be, too. Something that um, a league that I really follow, the Premier Lacrosse League, the PLL, I like what they do is they do the on-field commentary, and Mm -hmm. it's awesome to hear what they're saying. It's just – it's honestly a lot of chirping, so it'd be kind of funny to hear if a lot of guys were chirping each other and, like, just talking shit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I feel like that would just be cool. It would just be, you know, just seeing that aspect of the game. Like, hey, we don't really hear it in general, but it's just like – you and know, you can talk about how they go over plays and everything like that. So people exactly. are also learning. It's not just the opponents going at each other. It's them actually communicating. Like LeBron is probably going to be yelling at his teammates. He knows LeBron and Rajon Rondo probably have the highest IQ, have two of the highest IQs in the NBA. They know every single play like the back of their hand. So it's like you'll be able to hear them telling players where to go, calling these plays out like that. that I don't know. That's just, it adds a whole new aspect of the game. I think that makes it super cool. Um, but yeah, so we don't really have, you know, this was our first episode together. So we really don't have too much to talk about yet. We're going to have so much to talk about, bro. Like when the NBA comes back, we'll have all these games we can talk about. We'll have all this news and stuff. But one thing, uh, one thing that's been trending on Twitter, that's been trendy on Twitter, I should say, people have been doing the whole reply, retweet, or favorite thing. Like reply if you think this person is this, retweet, favorite, blah, blah, blah. And one that came out yesterday that I actually wrote an article on. It was, who are you starting a franchise with? Now, I know we're both Celtics fans, uh, but I, I, when I wrote this article, I kept it as unbiased as I possibly could. The three options were Ben Simmons, Zion Williamson, and Jason Tatum. 
So I know my answer already, but Sheehan, I kind of want to hear your opinion. Who do you, who would you start a franchise with out of those three players? And, and why would you pick that person? Why wouldn't you choose the other, uh, the other two? This is tough being a Celtics fan, but it's like you have to go with Luka Doncic. I think you most certainly do because he is oh between Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum, and Zion. Oh my God! I thought of the wrong one. My bad. <laughs> what were you no. thinking of? All right, get get Ben Simmons out. No, I was thinking of one that uh, Color Sports <laughs> I think did. My bad. I misheard you really no, bad. No, you're good. All no, right, Ben good. Simmons is out of here. Are you kidding me? Are you <laughs> kidding me, man? All right, yeah. No, that's not Luka Doncic. Ben Simmons, trash. Get out of here. Uh, no, I'm taking okay. Tatum. Yeah, listen. I'm taking Tatum, but you have to understand me. I just feel like overall on the court, he's going to be the most skilled player. Zion, yes, is – you said Zion, correct? Yes. I'm getting this <laughs> yeah, correct. Yeah, so yeah, Tatum, yeah. Zion, and Ben Simmons. <laughs> All right, no, I, I apologize. No, you're good, bro. I thought that was hilarious. I wanted to stop you before you kept like yeah, going no, on about. I don't know before, why I heard that before we got into a whole loop about Luka no, Doncic. We can get good, that. Hey, next good. week, next week, next week we'll get we'll talk about Luka Doncic. We'll have All a special right. segment put aside just for him. Um, <laughs> shout but, out, shout out, Luka. Shout though, out, Luka Doncic. One of my could favorite I, young players. Could I just explain that real quick, though? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, jump. Because I just feel like Tatum overall. Again, he's the most skilled player out of the three, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons is a great passer. He still cannot shoot zion williamson is an absolute tank a beast he takes it to the rim anytime he wants he's gonna score but tatum overall is gonna do everything except for mm-hmm. the layup game which we've talked about <laughs> he, yeah, he has so to fix he needs he to get the touch around the rim of course everything else he's gonna be i in my opinion i feel like he'll be better than them i will be and i think i've seen this come up that people think that jason tatum will be the first guy to win mvp from duke I believe it. Over Zion? Yeah, I believe it. I think he has a good head start. He has a good jump start over Zion for sure. Yeah, um, sure. So I also picked Jason Tatum. But going off of the tweet, <laughs> Jason Tatum got 4.1K retweets. He was the retweet one. Zion got 2.4K likes. And Ben Simmons got 390 replies. So Ben Simmons just was nowhere even near uh, those two. But I picked Jason Tatum. Because out of those three, Jason Tatum is the most well-rounded. Jason Tatum, uh, although he has his struggles, he can finish around the rim, maybe not as well as Zion, obviously because Zion is just an absolute built like a Ford pickup truck. He can just tank over anyone. Um, Jason Tatum can finish around the rim. He has a mid-range game. He has a three-point game. And he can play. He is. Uh, he doesn't get enough credit for being as good a defender as he is. He is a he is an above average defender and we talk about Jalen Brown turning into a elite two-way player. Jason Tatum has better defensive stats than Jalen Brown. And you know, Jason Tatum has it all on offense. So uh, he has it on both ends of the court. Zion Williamson, I think he is going to be one of the best NBA players for years to come. It's just, he's only played 19 games at this point. He's very one dimensional. He is great. He is probably already one of the best finishers at the basket. I mean, like I said, the guy is just huge and he can just, no matter who's in front of him, he can just truck over and finish over them. He has shown flashes of having a three point shot. I remember against San Antonio hit four straight threes. He won't be doing that Wild every game. game. Wild. No, that, that's odd. Like, that, game was to watch. Uh, that was an insane game, but he won't be doing that every game. He has to develop a consistent jump shot. Um, defensively, 
Um, you know, he has okay. He had a good defensive rating and all that stuff. But like I said, 19 games, very small sample size. So I think it's kind of unfair to put him in that category with the same two right now. And then Ben Simmons, the guy has like almost, he has almost the entire package besides a shot. shot. It's just, he is one of the best passers in the NBA. He is just a guy that you could build around. Like you put shooters around him, guys that can score. He will give them the ball. He is an elite defender. who also doesn't get enough credit for being as good as a defender as, it, as he is. He's six foot 10. He can guard almost every position. And, but it's just in today's NBA, you, your, your franchise point guard, him not being able to shoot is just such a liability, especially when it comes to the playoffs. And it's like, in my article that I wrote about it, I put it in a picture of the team that was playing against him. They were literally beyond the free throw line while he was at the three point line. Like you can't, that can't happen. If you, and I've always said this until they prove me otherwise, I mean, they haven't. Until they prove me otherwise, the 76ers will never make a serious playoff push until Ben Simmons is either off the team or they have a point guard that can shoot and score at the same ability. You oh, know. wait. So you would get rid of Ben Simmons? No, 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 no. That's not what I'm – no, no, no. Oh, okay. I'm okay. saying – what I'm saying is that unless they either get rid of him for another scoring point guard or he develops a jump shot, right. they will not make a serious playoff run. If – now, this might be a hot take. If I were to choose – either Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid to trade, I would trade Joel Embiid. Okay, yeah. I feel like just Joel Embiid's game, yes, is he one of the best centers in the NBA? Of course he is. It's just his style of play. He's not a great three-point shooter. I'm pretty sure he shot 30% from three this year. Um, He can spread the floor. He can kind of spread the floor, but not that well. He plays more back to the basket. He's more dominant in the post. But that – listen, if he was playing in the early 2000s, 90s, early 2000s, he would have been an absolute monster. It's just – Ben Simmons, you could work with that. You can build around that. If you get rid of Joel Embiid's contract and fill that roster with shooters, like legit sharpshooters, people that can legitimately spread the floor, I feel like you could find more success in that aspect than building around Joel Embiid. But that's my personal opinion. But obviously when it comes back to that debate of those three, I pick Jason Tatum. He's more well-rounded. He has he has everything on offense. He has, he's already an above average defender. He's going to be one of the best two way players very soon. Um, so I go with Jay Sam there and obviously we're Celtics fans, but from the ratio that tweet shows that many people agree with what we're saying there. Yeah, I would, I, I think, I know, I, I, know I, said, I know I said stuff about Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. So if you want to jump into that, you can, cause I know that was kind of a, not a hot I, – I mean, it could be a hot take considering who, uh, what your opinion on that matter is. Yeah, I think a lot of people are kind of split on that. I think they look at Joel Embiid and you're, and you're like, all right, he's been there for so long and he's done, like, a lot, I guess you could say, for the team in order yeah. to, like, pick them up and build them out, um, up back again. But Ben Simmons just, like, overall has a better game. Mm-hmm. It, the only problem is – we say it again, he doesn't have a shot. If he can develop a shot, he'll be so dangerous. But until then, you can you can mostly figure him out. You know he's not going to shoot the ball at all, so step mm-hmm. off of him and don't let him get in the paint or don't let him get into an area where he can pass or you're cutting off the passing lanes. You can do anything with that. Like There could yeah. be a point where guys just start to double-team someone else until he comes over and then they slide and they pick him up because it's- what's going to happen? You, you can't You can't be – a point guard in today's game, I feel like, if you're going to be a superstar and you can't shoot, 
You have to shoot. Absolutely. No. You have to shoot. If if Ben Simmons could shoot, I bet you he would be a top 10 player easily. Easily. Because he has everything else. He seriously averages eight assists a game, eight rebounds a game, 16 points a game. But that comes from – hold on. Let me pull up this article really quick because I have – his percentage. I think they can't win with him if he can't shoot. They either. can't, and that's why they I'm saying like they are gonna can never, figure that out. They can never go on a serious playoff run. When usually when playoffs start, players elevate their game. People they they turn into another monster. When Ben Simmons goes into the playoffs, you know what he does. You know what he can't do. So you know really well. Just make sure he doesn't get to the basket. That's really where his strong suit is. And I'm gonna go off his percentages. Uh, his field goal percentage at the rim is 72%, which is insane. Like, that's that's unreal. But he shoots 37% from 3 to 10 feet away from the basket and 17% away, 10 to 6. He shoots 17%, excuse me, 10 to 16 feet away from the basket, and he shoots 0% from 16 feet all the way to the three-point line. That is not what you want to see from your franchise point guard. That is also, it's his third season. He missed his first season because he had a he had an injury that he was out all year with. He has been in the league. He has been in the NBA for four years, and he has yet to develop a consistent jump shot. This was the first year that he actually hit a three-pointer. He hit two of them, I think. He has a 33% mark from three-point line. But it's just, bro, like, it goes back to what I'm saying. They can't make a serious playoff push until Ben Simmons learns how to shoot because he's a liability on offense. Teams know what to do to defend him, and that and that's that. I don't know if him and Joel Embiid are going to be able to win a championship together as a duo. I just don't think their games complement each other that well. I really don't. And I know I'm not the biggest Philly fan, but like I said, this is a basketball podcast. I'm going to be as unbiased as humanly possible, and that's just my that's just my honest opinion. That's how I've always looked at it. Until they prove me wrong, when they if they do it, you know, I'll be the first one to say, "Hey, I was wrong." But they have yet to do that. So, completely agree with you. I don't see them winning together. I can't. Not unless they get one more player. And actually, no, you can't say that because they had Jimmy Butler and they had Tobias Harris. And they overpaid Tobias Harris and Al Horford. They're stuck with all, all these was, contracts now. That was a poor choice to get rid of Jimmy Butler. Or, or not to work something out with him because I feel like if they kept Jimmy Butler and they worked it out, they could have done a little bit better than they usually that do. That was the leader they needed. That was the yeah. leader. And that he's that needed. fiery guy on, on, that, um, on your team that you need. He is. He's that look fiery at, look guy. Look at Miami. They're a team, I mean, besides Bam at Bayou, who, you know, just absolutely uh, turned uh, – Turned to, uh, I'm trying, well, I can't think of what I'm trying to say, but he just had an absolute breakout year and he turned into his own. I think, um, I don't have his statistics, but he's probably going to win most improved player this year or he's going to be a top candidate. But besides Adebayo, there that team is really filled up with you know good role players and shooters. And shooters, Jimmy Butler yeah. is leading that team to being a team that you know they're a sleeper in the playoffs, but they are a team that will give any team trouble in a, in a matchup. Like I believe that they play anyone. They could take that series to six or seven games easily. Cause that's just how that Miami heat team is. And that's how they compete. They're just dogs. They don't care. They don't have the set. They don't have the biggest names on their team. They go out there, they play hard every single night and they play the right way. 
and it comes down to coaching. Eric Spolstra is an amazing coach. And oh, consistent, consistent, so cons- one yeah, of the best yeah. in the league. Even when LeBron left, like he still kept Miami, like he kept them afloat, like he kept them relevant. And I mean, look at them now. I mean, they don't have any. They'll never be bad under Spolstra. I can't see them being bad. And another team I can never see being bad while they're under their GM owner, that like situation is Oklahoma City. I just can't. They yeah, lost KD, they example. lost James Harden, they lost Russell Westbrook, they lost Serge Ibaka, they lost all these guys, and they're still consistently, like, they're not, like, they were a top-four team, but they're in the playoffs every year. They were year. expected, expected to be one of the worst teams in the NBA this year. Like, not a single person, not even Oklahoma City fans, expected them to be as good as they were this year. Like, they they – they just do everything right. I mean, they have like, Chris they Paul have like ten to fifteen first round picks in the next seven years, and they're still competing. Like that's insane. Uh, another team too, the Toronto Raptors. They lost Kawhi Leonard. They sure they have Pascal Siakam. He was an All Star starter, and he will uh, be a very great, he will be a great player for a while. But Kyle they Larry lost. Never gets they lost either. He doesn't get enough credit as well. I mean, he's been through. Uh, he's gone through a lot of tough points in his career. He's jumped around teams, but he found a spot in Toronto. He became an NBA champion. Um, but they lost their finals MVP. And Nick Nurse, it still led them to the number two seed in the Eastern Conference. At least today, they're still the number two seed. We'll, we'll see what happens when the regular season games come back. Um, but yeah, coaching makes all the difference. And especially when the NBA comes back, I think it was Ennis Cantor that said this. Coaching is going to be so important because the mental game now with no fans is going to be huge. And he's, I think his exact percentage was 80% of it comes down to coaching. And if you have a great coach like Brad Stevens, Eric Spolstra, Nick Nurse, uh, even Billy Donovan, like those teams can make noise. They really could. They can. They can. They can make noise. It does come down to coaching in today's league also. It really does. You can't have those players, but we see many times where – there have been good teams and the experiment has failed. I yeah. mean, I, you I mean, could look back a couple of years ago. Year. It was like, I know Rondo wasn't like amazing still then, but like you had like D Wade and Jimmy Butler and Rondo mm. together at one point, And there was teams that were stacking up super teams when that all really first started. And like, they isn't, it crazy, isn't it crazy to think that Dwayne Wade was on Chicago and Cleveland at one point? Like you think of Dwayne Wade and you just think Miami heat. Right. And obviously he finished yeah, his it's, career it's, there, but like is. the it's fact really that he was freaky. gone for a few years is weird. Yeah. Weird to think about. Uh, but yeah, I feel like that's, uh, that's, we've had some great NBA discussion tonight, Ryan. I feel we like have. We, we touched this up on a great some, first episode. This was a great first episode. We touched up on some, uh, some important news as far as the NBA returning. We talked about Kyrie. Uh, we talked about who we'd build a franchise around and we talked about all these teams that are, you know, we talked about the Thunder, the Raptors, the the Heat. I think the Heat are my sleeper pick. Like, if I'm going to pick a team that will upset teams and go far, I would probably have to go with the Heat. Um, but, yeah, bro, this was a great first episode. Um, so, yeah, everybody that's listening, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the return episode of Hoops Caviar. We will be recording every Wednesday night, putting episodes out every Thursday. We still have Chasing Banners going. Uh, we record that on Sundays. We put that out on Mondays. So we are go- me and Ryan aren't going away. We're going to be, uh, whether you like it or not, we're going to be around for a while. We're not gonna- sorry about it. We're not. Sorry, not sorry. You're going to be hearing from us twice a week now, not just once. You're going to be hearing us on Mondays with Chasing Banners and Thursdays with Hoops Caviar. So we are excited to get this thing going. 
Uh, I get an extra day also. I have my uh, you had oh, you hear me through Sheehan's World and we got also, the Sheehan's World well. podcast. Uh-huh. I have to plug that a little bit. And that and everyone should check that podcast out. Sheehan did a solo episode this past week and it came out great. I don't know if I told you I listened to it. Sheehan always talks, brings up great topics. He always just brings up the motivation, he brings that fire. Um so everyone check out Sheehan's World as well as well as our two podcasts. But once again, thank you guys for listening. My name is Dante Toro. You can follow me at Twitter, at Dante on Deck. You can follow our Hoops Caviar Twitter page, at Hoops Caviar. Um, and you can follow along with us there. We'll be posting, you know, new episodes, all that stuff. Ryan, plug your stuff in, my man. I am Sheehan. You can follow me at 401Sheehan on Twitter. And with all the other stuff Dante just mentioned, and with Sheehan's World, I just post it on my Twitter every week, so you can find it there with the link every Monday. Yeah, Sunday, Monday. So, And Beautiful. I'm excited for this one. I This is my third podcast, so I'm not stopping either. This We're train's going to keep going. Train's got no breaks, bro. No one can stop us. We got a, we got a dynamic duo in Boston right now. And, That's uh, right. There, there's no stopping us. So thank you guys again. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll be back next week with more NBA topics. But until then, have a great week and much love, everyone. Thank you, guys.